Hello, and welcome to another episode of the Media Pending Podcast. Seja bem-vindos mais um episódio do no, podcast. No, 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 no. This isn't a bilingual <laughs> podcast. Ah, uh, it's not bilingual? Nope. Sorry. What you a don't shame. speak English? Okay, I last got three words for you. Too bad. Too bad. So sad. Well, yes, welcome back to another episode of the Media Pending Podcast. <clears throat> I'm Jason, and... Uh, Who's this guy? It's me again. Um, I'm Aiden, Ag- the other oh, one. Gosh, again. Again, unfortunately. Man, imagine a co-host like that. I just the second the bud uh, the second we get our budget, I'm out. <laughs> second he can hire someone else. As soon as we get another guest, <laughs> Put an ad up it's on. just gonna be a solo podcast. You, you know, ma- speaking of, go ahead. I was Go gonna ahead, say, yeah. could you imagine an ad on Craigslist being like looking for <laughs> podcast host? You just uh, accept it and you get in and the guy's just like, so he just like tries to have like a really like good like rapport with you. And you're just like, I don't even know who this guy is. Who is this guy? Like, I guess the, uh, the Craigslist ad would be, um, wanted podcast co-host must be good at lying slash storytelling. Um, I don't know. And he just like come up with stories where they were together like hey you remember that time we went bowling in in canada that would be such a fascinating like podcast like it would be such a great like case to you know remember that like uh that one youtube channel that like markiplier had i never really watched it but it was like the whole gimmick was like after a year it got deleted yeah that'd be like a cool like kind of similar gimmick where it's like a short like 10 episode podcast where these guys come on and they act like they're like childhood best friends and at the very end he's like by the way like i met my co-host on craigslist right before this podcast started i don't actually know his real name i mean like if they had multiple episodes and a following do you think people would believe them i think it would just be this huge like paradigm shifting change like wait a second go back and listen for contradictions I think it would be more like they have zero following until, like, word of mouth gets around. Like, did you hear about okay. those guys that did, like, a 10-episode podcast and they didn't even know each other? Like, I I don't know. Speaking from experience as someone who's trying to build an audience for a podcast, it's not the easiest thing to do. No, I think this is not, like, relevant at all to our topic today, but... Um... I I think it's just putting stuff out there, having enough of a backlog, but more important than that is having something that people, you know, want to listen to and want to watch, even if they don't know where to find it. Um, Once you build a catalog of something good that certain people will want to watch and you've got your niche, then you just promote the heck out of it with TikToks and YouTube shorts because algorithm loves those right now. Yeah, having a... Having a catalog helps. It's definitely important to make sure you've got more than one episode. More than one episode, yeah. So well, that's what we're doing. Know. Today's what? the second episode. Oh, it's, that's right. It says here, episode two, A World Without Superheroes. Oh, really? Yeah, that's what oh, it yeah. says. You're correct. I just I just checked it. You like how I switched tabs, you can see. The light change. <laughs> yeah, audio listeners, when he switches uh, to a different tab, the color of the light on his face changes. Right now, it's like a a reddish, almost sunset-like, and if he clicks over, it's this fluorescent white light with some blue tones in there. All right, well, before we begin the actual 
but professional quality. Yeah, I've got oh, yeah. this light up here, a photography light. Anyway, uh, before we <laughs> start with a lamp, <laughs> <laughs> I don't have a light. I just got this little lamp. I just screwed it close and I closed the windows. Yeah, it's kind of like uh, you know, Little Caesars Pizza, how it's not good or high quality, and yet there it's was a ready. time. It's hot and ready, yes, but there was a time when one of their taglines was like quality, quality, and I just like okay, false advertising, false advertising. Um, show and tell before we begin. I, I was exploring the mountains and I found this like ominous looking book with nothing on the pages. Uh, it Whoa. was at a it was at a vendor's stall in this small mountain town with a okay. You keep growing changing your population. story. Were you in? The middle of the mountains, or were you in a small mountain town? Is Logan not in the middle of the mountains and also a small mountain town? It is encircled. It's in a valley. It's a valley. It's in a valley. A high mountain valley surrounded by mountains on all sides. Found it in this enchanted shop called TJ Maxx. But yeah, it's this cool, like, leather-bound book. It has... You know, just blank pages. I plan to use it as a prop eventually, but also um, as a place to write outlines because it's just super, super cool. Um, the one thing I do not like about this uh, red leather book with these clasps is that if we open up the page a little bit, on, where is it? Ah, right here. So. If we pull that strap aside, you can see oh, the uh, the logo of the people who made it. And it, it blends in okay, but it's like all these like woven patterns on this leather. And then it says, Poetic Earth. Cool. Handcrafted journals. They do their best to make it look blended in, but it still kind of pulls you out of the immersion. Yeah. Anyway, that's my show and tell. You have anything? Sure. This is a coaster. It's pretty, Yo! It's a pretty cool looking coaster. That's a coaster? Did you know that you can buy coasters at our merch store, GamingGiftables.com? What? <laughs> Aiden is frantically <laughs> typing. <laughs> Ah, oh, crap. They didn't upload. Uh, there is a design for Gaming Giftables uh, media pending podcast coasters that I just haven't uploaded to the website. But anyway, if you, if you want some wild and funny merch that is for this podcast and also my YouTube channel, go to GamingGiftables.com for all of your funny, niche, Jasonian, and uh, media pending podcast related uh, goods. And other things. I did not know you had this. You did not know about our merch store? I mean, yeah. GamingGiftables.com. With posters like Born to Mine, Forced to Craft. Or actually, <laughs> Born to Craft, Forced to Mine. <laughs> My other car runs on Zonite. Probably the coolest thing on here honestly is the uh crafting table cutting board where it's just a bamboo cutting board with a crafting table overlay that's uh like laser engraved into it uh, it's pretty cool actually yeah huh anyway well cool 
we have coasters will be available before this episode goes up. My apologies. They, they won't look like mine. <laughs> I, I could. I could go into. I could find that pattern. But anyway, uh, superhero movies lately. Uh, Aiden, yes. you had a podcast with another friend previously where you talked a lot about uh, Marvel movies. Yeah, uh, it was a it was a lot about film. The previous podcast I was on, it's kind of the main niche that we both connected with the most on, as we like talking about different movies, but primarily Marvel because that was just kind of what we had both connected on growing up, but. Yeah, I mean, <clears throat> I definitely feel like it's an oversaturated topic on the internet yeah. nowadays. I think anybody who has a podcast likes to talk about it. So, I mean, might as well get it out of the way and <laughs> talk about it on ours. Yeah, and I mean, I, I don't think they will stop making Marvel movies for a while. So it's basically an evergreen uh, topic. But I think that's part of the problem, right? Like, mm-hmm. it has been around for a long time and they're past the point where they had a plan. And it seems like they're just treading water and trying to get things out the door as fast as they can. Like, I haven't even seen Love and Thunder or Quantumania. And I don't really feel like I'm missing out on anything. Yeah, I finally watched Quantumania just to watch it. And I don't know. Yeah, it definitely felt like it's at that point where it's like, oh, I don't really know if I care about these movies as much anymore i mean i I still enjoy them but like i definitely think that no company or brand really epitomizes the whole suffering from success mentality as marvel does currently just because they've got i mean how do you how do you put the brakes on a movie industry where i mean the narrative finale of marvel Mm -hmm. was endgame like, if you look Correct. at it as a structure of a story, Endgame was the grand culmination of everything. It ended everyone's And it stories. was really good. I loved it. It was so good. And it made, what was it, $3 billion, $2 billion, something? It might have been $3 billion. I don't know. It, it was the highest grossing movie ever for a period until freaking Avatar re-released. That was, I'm still <laughs> upset about that. Yeah, that was, that was lame, just... That was such a lame that was move. Just, yeah, it was just James Cameron wanting to be back on top. He's like, no, super shows can't. No, blue people, yes. No, my movie's been the number one grossing for, like, over a decade. I'm not ready to give it's... up that time. Like, whatever, but... So, it's just, like, the question is, like, how do you pump the brakes on something that earns that much money? And the answer is you can't. There's no studio executive out there who's going to go, you know... Money is nice, but what's nicer is fulfilling story narratives because we love our writers and we love making stories that people remember. No, they, they care about money. Like, See, I agree, but I think they could have been a lot smarter about it. I think they could have had their cake and eaten it too. So you've got end of this decade and a half, almost two decade long arc, starting with Iron Man, ending with Endgame, and then... You take a little break. You let the dust settle. You bring it back with TV shows, kind of like they did. But instead of pumping out TV show after TV show, you are a bit more methodical with it. I think I think uh, Loki 
while it did have problems, it was a really good place to start. Loki is a fan favorite character. People are sad that he died. And you can start expanding a bit of the world that way. Basically, what they needed to do was they needed to slow down while they built the train tracks in front of them, right? Yeah. If we do a train analogy, they they were on a pre-built track, essentially, from Iron Man to Endgame, and they reached the end of the line, but now they want to keep going. So you kind of idle the train slowly, while a couple miles ahead, you're building out the road. And, and I, I think they're trying to appear that they've done that with, like, the multiverse saga but it it is inconsistent and not enjoyable to watch i think they're starting it now like i think that um that's the kind of what they're trying to do moving forward is they're trying to slow it down and now that it's i think it's because um what's his name um the head of disney the new guy that just got back in I always forget the difference between Iger and Shapek. Because well, they're, they're both, both Bob. bobs. They're both bobs. Yeah. Okay. Um, Chapek, I think Chapek's the was the old one who's now back. It's in. Iger now, yeah. It's Iger now? That's what it says on Google. Okay, then I had it backwards. So it was Iger, who was there for most of Marvel, and then Chapek was the one. You know, I, I hope I'm not butchering this and have it reversed. But one of the Bobs came in, and his approach was, like, his main focus was Disney+. Plus. That was, like, his his baby, like, his pet project, is he wanted to flesh out Disney+, Plus and make it just this huge, successful streaming service to compete with Netflix. And so when he went to all these companies, he was like, all right, Marvel, give me five shows in a year, because we need to just put all this exclusive content on our streaming platform so that people have a reason to go from other streaming platforms to ours. And just even having just the Disney catalog up to that point already available is a good selling point. Disney has so many classic movies. So like, I don't think that they really needed to be pushing exclusive content as hard as they did at the start. But I think now that second Bob is back, it does seem like they're trying to slow down. I mean, they've delayed everything. Yeah. Um, and they're just going to, I don't know, take it slower from I, here, I'm thinking. I think that strategy kind of bit them in the butt, though, because they were trying to push a new uh, subscription service, right? And yeah. so people will, would come for uh, a new show, use their free trial, and then leave. And so what they started to do is they started to space out their episodes more. So like a single free trial couldn't watch mm -hmm. all of the, the episodes. So they've got this cycle of trying to build content that people want to watch. But once they watch it, it's not worth sticking around for. Um, Disney Plus is not doing super hot in terms of revenue. I think in terms of active subscribers, it's doing okay. But it's definitely not profitable. Yeah, I. Because how how long is a free trial? Ah, uh, goodness. Let me see. Disney Plus free trial. Um. They've got a seven day free trial now. 
that used to be a 30 day now they've got it to a seven day a seven day okay yeah so that's even that's just like you said that does not make it possible at all to to binge a single tv show i mean what you could still do is just wait until after the show you like has finished airing and then you get it and then you can watch it Mm -hmm. all in seven days but yeah i don't know i i just i just i do hope they pump pump the brakes going forward i'm i am starting to get overstimulated by all of the the marvel content that has been coming out and it's just i don't know it is just hard to keep up with yeah i agree um you had mentioned that you think that they are they're building the road ahead of them what makes you you say that do you know something i don't what do they have on the uh horizon i the fact that neither the x-men or the fantastic four have even like appeared the most the the, mo- the biggest aspect that they've appeared in is they had brief cameo appearances in the doctor strange movie from mm-hmm. variants of both an x-men character and a fantastic four character but i mean it's pretty obvious that those actors john krasinski and patrick stewart aren't going to be the main actors moving forward in the mcu so the fact that they've had those rights for years and have been sitting on them and we know how long the production cycle usually takes in marvel we know that from start to completion they can conceptualize a movie and have it completed within like three years if they take their time with it, they've been doing them faster than that. There's mm-hmm. been shows that they've been doing in two years or less, but they've had the rights back to the Fantastic Four and the X-Men characters. for oh, I want to say almost five years now, if not longer. And they've yet to even announce who they've cast for any of these roles. There's been a lot of talk about the Fantastic Four, the, the running auditions for it. And there's a lot of talk. Mm-hmm. I think the latest was that, Adam Driver and Margot Robbie were rumored to have been cast, and now it's saying that they've both turned down the offer because they weren't going to get paid what they wanted to get paid. But whether or not that's true, there's no concrete evidence. But it just still goes to show, like, I think it's a good sign that they haven't done anything with those characters yet, and they keep pushing it back because that makes it sound like they're trying to reformat the MCU going forward. And I think what we're seeing right now is the ugly middle period when they need to find movies to stall for time, when they're trying to find ways to fill the gap between plan one, which is the Avengers and plan two, which is probably going to be like an X-Men centered Marvel universe moving forward. You know, I could see that and i think that's really the only option they they have that they need because they need to inject new heroes to get names in the seats who Mm -hmm. do they have right now they've got i guess they have hulk still running around but he's never been like getting people in seats people aren't like watching avengers for hulk um i think the biggest man and man and man's a pretty big name he could be I think he's a front runner for the next like Avengers lineup if they do one, but I think the biggest names they had after the Avengers was Spider-Man, Doctor Strange, and Black Panther. Like those were the big like hero characters and 
you know, unfortunately, Chadwick Boseman passed away, so that kind of makes them have to rethink their structure of Black Panther. And I guess, I mean, they have a new one now, but I don't think that Shuri's Black Panther is going to sell as many tickets as Chadwick Boseman's Black Panther no. would have. But, um, I don't know. I mean, they, they've yet to announce what they're doing with Spider-Man either, although it's it's heavily rumored that they're going to do more with Tom Holland. I would expect them to. Yeah, he's on a year-long acting hiatus, though. So That's what I heard, yeah. Man, I guess they could try and lean even more into the uh, the multiverse concept to get different versions of the heroes that are Maybe. dead. I'm just so tired of the, the multiverse because they aren't using it in a way that's narratively interesting. They're just using it in a way to do fan service like the only mm-hmm. function of the multiverse right now in any superhero tv show or movie is just to throw in a character that we know from another project you know i would i, I mostly agree i think it's really weird that of all concepts the multiverse is the one that's kind of popping off right now i mean everything everywhere all at once was a multiverse movie and it did amazing it was a unique story and i think they utilized the concept of, the, of a multiverse in a creative and new way, but you're right. Like Marvel, um, with no way home, that was cool, but it, it was just like, okay, let's bring back the Spider-Man and it was awesome. Don't get me wrong, but it's not a really like huge exploration of that concept. And then Dr. Strange was even worse. was even worse. Like the, I feel like they use the multiverse more in the weakest way possible. Yeah. I, Spider-Verse did a good job with the multiverse, and it was because instead of showing you only other characters that we've seen in other movies, they're showing you the most absurd and abstract versions of the characters. Like, that's how you use the multiverse to make it fun. Like, a Tyrannosaurus Rex Spider-Man. And the thing is, not all these versions of Spider-Man exist, right? There are comics where he already exists. Yeah, so, like, it's it's fan service, but it's also just, like, it's it's serving to the story. It's just fun, like... Yeah. Like, that that is the only... That is, like, the biggest gripe I have with No Way Home. I like No Way Home. I'm not going to be one of the people that's going to switch up on it and be like, "Eh, actually, I never liked it. But it is frustrating that the only people you see get pulled over just so happen to be all the characters from the other Spider-Man movies. Like, it would have been cool if there was just, like, one or two villains from, like, a random universe that we've never yeah. seen before. Like, that would have made it feel a little bit more like, okay, it really see, was luck of the draw. But And that's one of the things that I think across the Spider-Verse does really well. Like, the first villain we see in that movie the, is the a version of the Vulture. vulture. Yeah, Renaissance Vulture, which was really cool stylistically. Um, in Across the Spider Verse, does use a bit of fan service a couple times, but not in like a. That's not the whole point of it, right? Yeah. Like there was uh, Donald Glover Prowler. There, mm-hmm. uh, there was Andrew Garfield and Tobey Maguire cameos as well. And they were, but they weren't even like real cameos. They were just like no. in the background. You could see stuff, but yeah, no, I. I don't know. I I think everyone's just like, I mean, even DC's leaning into the multiverse. I heard the Flash movie was all about it. Yeah. So go ahead. Sorry. I was just going to say, and I'm even in a stage now where it's like, I'm kind of more excited for 
DC projects than Marvel moving forward because at least DC is like revamping in a way like I it does feel like it's time for a fresh start from both Marvel and DC like I would like to see a fresh start from both of them but yeah so we're we're definitely getting a fresh start from DC uh with James Gunn coming on taking the lead being like their Kevin Feige guy in the chair outliner um but also at the same time i think that the bones left behind of the snyderverse are sad because i think if zack snyder hadn't had you know personal life issues come up and had to go away or if dc had just like push the brakes like okay we'll wait for him to come back we could have had something pretty cool i think man of steel was a really good starting off point mm-hmm. i i really like man of steel i think batman versus superman was okay not great i forget most of that movie happened and then justice league i don't think there is a universe out there where Justice League is great, where it even approaches an Avengers level mass appeal or good. Um, even I, I do think that the Snyder cut of Justice League is better than the Joss Whedon version, but I don't think that's enough to redeem it, to make it like a Marvel Avengers status movie. I, I do. It is. It does make me sad, though that that universe that had been built up is kind of just being thrown under the rug. Yeah, and I can and I can understand the frustration because as someone who's been fans of shows and movies that have built up and then never gone anywhere, it's really frustrating to see something you're emotionally invested in not have a payoff. I mean, you want to see the story get told, and you want to see it finished. Um I do think though that it is time to let it go. I think that Snyder cultists as I feel like they've often earned that title. Um, I think they, they do a lot more harm than good in the whole face of DC. I think that they, there's a vast majority of people who are just unwilling to let go of the past. Zack Snyder is not coming back. He isn't restore the Snyderverse. It's not happening. It's, it's not going to Mm -hmm. At, at this point, Maybe in 20 years, if the studio just does a complete 180 and like reflips it, but those characters, those storylines, they're, they're gone. They're done. They're doing something else. And I think that the funniest like rivalry I've ever seen online is this whole Snyder versus James Gunn rivalry. What? <laughs> Why? <laughs> Why are they rivals? Just because one got hired to be the new DC and now all of a sudden it's, oh, Snyder's so much better than James Gunn. Why are these two rivals? Like, I doubt they even, like, care about each other. Like, and it's uh, just... The only good DC movies in recent memory are ones that I haven't seen, admittedly, but I'm just going off of critical response, are the ones that James Gunn directed. Like, the the Suicide just, Squad, just the Suicide Peacemaker. Squad. And Peacemaker, the TV shows. But the movies, um, The Flash, this new one coming out in a month, which has had no advertising. Do you know what DC movie's coming out in a month? Uh, Blue the Beetle? Blue Beetle, yeah. I was going to quiz you. There's been like nothing. There's been one trailer for it. It comes out in a month. DC is trying to run that movie into the ground. And they did kind of this a similar thing with 
The Flash and DreamWorks did a similar thing with their animated movie that just came out. Like it seems like a lot of studios when they if they don't like the movie, they will just spend nothing on marketing if they're like, "Ah, oh, this movie's not going to do great." So, we'll see what That's happens. Really Beetle. strange. Because like there I remember seeing on Twitter that James Gunn said that Blue Beetle is technically the start of his DCU. So there's a there's a miscommunication with that and a lot of people are confused. The the specification he made, which is confusing, it doesn't make a lot of sense to me yet, but he said Blue Beetle is the first DCU character, but Superman Legacy is the first DCU movie. Hmm. So I don't really know what that means, but it it, it does enough to say that Blue Beetle is not the first movie in his DC. And the other and the other thing about James Gunn, like, he's the head of DC now, but he hasn't really done anything yet as the head of DC. So, no. like, all this, like, hate on The Flash and people, like, hating on The Flash and directing it at James Gunn, it's like, why? He well, didn't do he was anything defending the... it. It's Well, it's um, like, he, he joined DC when the movie was already done. Like, I mean, yeah, so, like, it makes sense that it's his job, that's why he would defend it, but he has been... A... Yeah. Again, a vocal defender of the Flash movie. He's like, yeah, it's one of the best things come out of DC in a long time. And I haven't seen it, so I can't really say with any authority, but I've just heard that it is fan service the movie. Yeah. Yeah, so. I, I don't know. I mean, I my, my opinion on James Gunn DC Universe is wait and see. Because I I like what I like what James Gunn does with his movies, and I think people think that he's just gonna turn Superman into a joke character, and I don't I don't know I don't agree with that. I think he's more capable as a director than people think. I don't think everything he does is just all jokes and just stupid. And also, Superman is supposed to be a light-hearted character. He's supposed to like be like a symbol of hope, and yeah. like he's supposed to be like the epitome of like what we should strive to be yes. as humans. He's not only stronger than a regular human in every physical sense, but in every emotional sense. He is like the peak of humanity. That's literally what his character is. And I liked Man of Steel as a movie, but as a Superman movie, and even Henry Cavill has gone on record saying that he want he always wanted to play a more hopeful Superman. That was the biggest mm-hmm. regret of his time wearing the cape is that he only got to play a dark and broody Superman. And he says he regrets that. He said he wished he could have gotten an opportunity to play Superman with a bit more levity. So, yeah, it's really frustrating to me because the perfect version of the DC universe already exists in the motion picture medium. And that is the Bruce Timm animated DC Universe. Disregarding the fact that Bruce Timm is sometimes aggressively horny, (laughs) the cartoon universe that he made is really, really good. Starting from Batman the Animated Series, and in my opinion, ending at uh, Justice League Unlimited. And I guess you could go into Batman Beyond as well. But those eras of uh, like mid-90s, to late 2000s cartoons are the best versions and depictions of these characters and the worlds that they're in. Uh, Superman is still the beacon of hope. He's still an optimistic good guy, but he's also 
flawed, as all people are. He mm-hmm. sometimes gets blinded by his preconceptions of people, especially villains, not being able to change. So if someone likes DC and they want a huge back catalog of really good content, I cannot endorse the Bruce Tim stuff more. It's it's funny how so much of the best superhero content out there comes in the animated format. And I just wonder if it's just like if somewhere in like the the movie production world or media production there's just this like trend where executives care a little bit less about the direction of animated shows compared to movies and they just give writers more freedom cuz Recently, I went and I I just re- I just binged through the entire spectacular Spider-Man series mm-hmm. from back in like the early two thousands that had gotten canceled because I kept seeing a bunch of buzz about it because the Spider-Man from that show was apparently going to be in Spider Verse and people were talking about it. So I went and watched it. And yeah, it was a fantastic show. Like even today, it still holds up. It's well, got I can the best tell you Spider-Man. why. What? I, I can tell you why, just right now, because the origin for all of these stories and characters was on the page. It's in mm-hmm. illustrations, and animation is just is just that. It is a carefully crafted frame-by-frame world where every element of the story has to be thought out before it is put into motion. And yep. if we think about like Marvel and what they've been doing, they're essentially animated movies. How much CG is in a single Marvel movie? Yeah. No. It, it's crazy. They they do so much. Yeah. So the reason that so much superhero media that's fantastic and great is animated, I think it's because it harkens back to its roots of being uh, drawings on a page. But the reason that studios push so much for live action is just because it makes so much more money. For whatever reason, people don't see animation as a serious medium. Which bugs me. It it seriously bugs me. I'm I'm a huge animation enthusiast. I think some of the best content being made right now is is animated content. Some of the best movies, some of the best TV shows. If you want good original stories, like straight up Invincible. That's a t- that's a superhero TV show. It's incredible. Mm-hmm. And it's I don't animated. think I don't think everything should be animated no. because I I can't imagine a, a world where like Game of Thrones was an animated series. I think no. things like that and high fantasy can lend itself really well to live action to make it more visceral and grounded. Yeah, I I think they should both exist. I just think the one just needs a lot more attention than the other. Like, I think animation just deserves a lot more praise. And mm-hmm. Yeah. That it should not be just, uh, like, at awards ceremonies, at, like, the Oscars. It's just, or the Academy Awards, rather. It's just, like, the award for animation when animation is a medium and there are different genres inside of it. Yeah. So, that's that's what I think. Yeah, I'm not necessarily against the the delineation between best animated feature and best film at the Oscars. I, I do think that they should have two different categories because they're both very different styles of movies. Oh, 
I agree. I just think that there should be more animations categories, like best yeah. overtly children animation, best stop motion animation, best like, art direction in a movie. In yeah, made a movie. So there should just be more respect and more awards going to animation instead of just a single blanket statement award. This is a podcast episode in its own animation. We could just we could go on and yeah. on. I mean, we are a little bit over our time anyway, but yeah. I, I, we're having a good conversation, a good time. Um, let's see. Anything else you want to talk about in terms of superheroes? I mean, there's there's so much to say. There's so much to debate. Um, my own, I guess my only thing is if you want to hear more of my opinions on the whole superhero conundrum, you can go check out my old podcast. It's still up there. Top Talks, that's T-A-W-P-T-A-L-K-S. Nice. I've been listening to some of those recently just to, like, work on... Well, to, to notice the rapport between you and Tama, because it's, it's pretty good most of the time. I like your podcast. <laughs> the difference between the superhero conversation between you and I and Tama and I is Tama's a lot more... Oh, he's positive. an apologist. He's, yeah, he's a defender. He, he's very apolog. Yeah, he's very positive on the whole state of the superhero. So when I'm talking to him, I'm not as cynical as I sometimes feel because I don't really want to butt heads with Tom as much. But so yeah, I guess yeah, if, I think... you, if you want to listen to a, a happy note about superheroes, like we're usually a lot more nice about it. Yeah, we could get Tom on here in the future someday. That'd be fun. Oh, yeah, we should. All right. Well, I think I think that's it. So uh, yeah. thank you so much for enjoying our podcast, our media pending podcast. If you enjoyed, be sure to like and follow on whatever platform you're on. Uh, did you agree with our takes on superheroes? If you did or did not, we'd love to hear from you. Give us a comment on YouTube or you can email us at Jason at media pending podcast dot com. And uh, yeah, we hope to see you next time. Bye.